Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dakhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more honest and open you answer the questions that will come up to you, the more effective this will be for you. Sounds good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Annie P. Ruggles. How are you doing, Annie? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I am so wonderful. I'm delighted to be here. And I am in the cold but wonderful Chicago, right in the middle of the U.S., Oh, we were just talking about Chicago and it's, yep. <laughs> and it's things. All right. We'll get into that in a little bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for over a decade, Annie has harnessed her Hulk-like disdain for hard sales, tacky self-promotion and overly competitive sleazeballs as inspiration to help people find better ways to grow their small business. As founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, she's guided hundreds of people toward making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. Her pride and joy is her podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. And I think your statement to not let sales avoidance be the death of your dream is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Annie. I am so delighted anytime I get to have a beautiful conversation. It just starts my day perfectly. Wonderful. Same here. So shall we get to it? Heck yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to know is who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? My ideal client is the heart-centered, super small business, especially service providers. So what that actually looks like in practice is lots of coaches, lots of healers, and lots of professional helpers. So medical professionals, therapists, uh, massage therapists, hairstylists, but really people that see something in them as a gift that they've been given that they want to share with others, but they find that putting that into practice and actually having a profitable, sustainable business with all that love attached gets chaotic, right? So their biggest challenge is getting to that first or next level of success with all of that love and all of that ethics and all of that integrity intact. Because if you go in the wrong corners of entrepreneurship or you follow the wrong advice or or you just hang out in the space long enough, things will try to pull that uniqueness away from you. Things will try to strip you of that ethics, of that integrity, of that how you show up magic. And none of that stripping, none of that mining is necessary. In fact, it's extremely detrimental. So they come to me so I can help them succeed and sell in a way that feels 100% their own. Understood. So, and to get to that next uh, level that you just uh, so beautifully described, um, you know, what are common mistakes they make when trying to solve that kind of problem? Marketing and sales are not synonyms. Right. If you had a corporation, if you had a larger practice, you would have a marketing department and a sales 
department. And at some point, the marketing department would have to pass off the baton to the sales department. And then the sales department would have to pass the baton to the customer service department. For most of my clients, that's all me, right? Or it's all you. It's all them. It's just that one singular or two singular people wearing all the roles, right? Or wearing all the hats, playing all the roles. And so what we have to do is we have to say, look, marketing is shiny and sexy and fun and has dopamine attached to it, right? If I put something out in a marketing form, people are going to respond to it. They're going to like it. They're going to share it. They're going to comment on it. I'm going to get those little dopamine, ooh, 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 right? And then we go sales. Ah, no, sales. No, no, no. So what happens is that that idea for so many of us who grew up fearing or dreading the idea of selling is even more anathema. Why wouldn't we stay in happy marketing land where everything is sunshiny and we feel valuable and useful? Why would we shift into this horrible place called sales land? And so most of us running our businesses in this space, if we're struggling to grow, just continue to waste money and time marketing, 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 marketing to death and never actually asking. And the problem therein is that most buyers need to be encouraged to buy in the form of being asked. And if we're just marketing, 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 we're providing, 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 but not receiving, receiving, receiving. And eventually that leads to burnout and the death of the dream, as we talked about. So um, from what I understand, it's kind of like, you know, there's there's a process going on internally um, that you um, describe. So what is the, the, the thing that helps you as kind of like, you know, the if you're having all these hats on, so kind of like, okay, when do you know to shift from the marketing side to the sales side? So what, what's the, what are the indicators here? From the very first moment somebody finds you to the moment of your death, if you are a small business, you are a problem solver, right? So for me, I always ch I always chart and chart with my clients, what are the problems we solve for free? We put those in our outbound content. What are the problems we save or what are the problems we solve behind the first closed door? Those are what we do on discovery calls or curiosity calls, or if we get to sit down to someone, we encounter them in the wild and they ask for advice in the moment, right? Those are the things that we'd give as a larger sample to understand. But there are also problems that we solve, handheld processes and truths that we guard. Those are the things that we need to be able to protect with our paywall and bring people inside, right? So for me, it always becomes a matter of when am I going from a small problem to a medium problem? And when am I going from a medium problem to a large problem? That will cue me as to what area I need to show up in. If it's a small micro problem, marketing, 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 make a reel about it, put up a post about it, write an essay on LinkedIn, whatever you want, right? If it's a medium sized problem, invite people in to experience it with you. And then from there say, if you liked solving this problem, we can solve a whole lot more. It's a really easy transition. But your biggest, your best, your boldest problem solved, the hairiest, prickliest, nastiest stuff your clients face, those are the things that you as provider need to be able to protect by selling first. I love this idea of uh, having, you know, internally categorized uh, it into these three kinds of uh, uh, problem sizes, as you just uh, described it. 
Uh, this is wonderful. It, it's super helpful because it really gets like, you know, you, you get the more strategic approach. You can see that and you can see like, oh, great. So this is a small problem. Yeah, marketing. Go Here we go. Here, in the middle, you have something of an, of an experience, so to speak. And here's a bigger one. Well, there's commitment to that. Yep. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Because when you don't sell for those great big problems, It creates a huge imbalance. And if you're a spiritual person, you'll notice that as an energetic balance. If you're not a spiritual person or you're a more grounded person, you'll notice that in terms of just really skewed energetic output. You're exhausted. The client is thriving. You feel terrible. That's because you are giving, 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 solving, 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 exerting, 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 and doing no receiving. That is what kills the business. So to protect yourself, you become a better salesperson. Yes. And you stay in your personality, right? A lot of us feel that in order to sell and to sell well, we have to shape shift into someone else in that moment. My argument is that that's entirely untrue. Understood. Wonderful. So before I ask Annie, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience here. So if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Annie, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? The next time you have a sales conversation. I want you to literally do this. I want you to stop right before and I want you to summon up the face, voice, whatever contact you have of them, of someone that you love to pay. Someone who brings value or service or deliciousness. I don't care if it's a cupcake baker. I don't care if it's someone that takes care of your kids, your favorite chef, or the tax accountant who helps you not get audited. I don't care who it is, but think about the person or uh, any person in your life that you love to hand over money to. Everybody has that person. Then I want you to ask yourself, What problems do they solve in my life? Then I want you to transition to what problems can I solve in the lives of others? And then it's a really easy jump to just say, if them, why not me? If this person can receive my money and I can give it with such joy and we have such a great transaction and they always deliver and they always do right for me, if they can be paid to solve that problem beautifully, why can't you? So really, honestly, do this. The next time you're going into a sales conversation, do it with that person in mind. Maybe you want to pull strategies or ideas from them. Maybe they'll inspire something in you. But just take them with you because you deserve to be compensated beautifully for the problems you solve. And you compensate people beautifully all day long for the problems they solve for you. You've done this before, right? <laughs> no, never. What's a podcast? Are we on video? What? <laughs> what is this going? What is this all about here? <laughs> I love the the nuggets that you just shared. They're so deep and coming from from that uh, experience, and you just uh, explained it so beautifully. Thought, so thank you for sharing this wonderful um, free resource. Just do it. Just do uh, it. Excellent. Here you have it. So. Um, I'm a little bit shy of asking you for an, maybe another valuable free resource that you can direct people to that would help. Oh, that no kind of shyness. Issue. 
No shyness at all. My very favorite free resource, you already mentioned it, is my own podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit. There is a lot of stuff out there for entrepreneurs that um, is very stuffy and flat. And there's also a lot of stuff out there for entrepreneurs that really leads to the idea that entrepreneurship is the easiest thing you could ever do. And I've seen how that misconception, I kind of call it a lie, uh, but how that misconception affects people. So if you are looking for weekly actionable homework in your ears uh, with no entrepreneurial lies or sugarcoating, go check out my podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, right here where you're listening or watching this show. You will find Too Legit to Quit there too. You're not only good at sales, I guess, you're also very good at marketing. So thank you. Oh, my, thank you. You know, but that's why I wound up in Sales UVA is because I was teaching marketing for so long and I wasn't making any money and my clients weren't making any money. And it's because none of us knew how to ask. It's really about the ask. Wonderful. So we put, of course, uh, the link in the show description so folks can check it out. So and it was so one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience. Hmm. The one question you should have asked me is uh, about imposter syndrome. What is the relationship between selling and imposter syndrome? And what the answer to that is is imposter syndrome is actually a really beautiful thing to happen right before a call. It's painful, it's awful, but it's actually a great sign that you care about the person on the other side of the transaction, which is how I show the definition of non-sleazy selling, right? Non-sleazy selling honors that there's a person, not a paycheck or a wallet on the other side of the transaction. If you're feeling imposter syndrome, it means that you are feeling the pressure of living up to the service of that person. That is a beautiful gift. Jerky, nasty, horrible, sleazy salespeople do not get imposter syndrome because they don't care enough about how they are received or they assume that they'll be received beautifully. So listen, don't lean into the imposter syndrome the next time you feel it. But if you feel a little off or scared before you're next call, that shows that your heart is in the right place. Lean into your level of care and you will have a beautiful sales call. It's about caring and becoming, yeah, this is wonderful. Wow. I don't want to add anything. This is just as, as it is. Period. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> so, well, this brings me to my final question. It's a personal one. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? I, this happened over the Christmas holiday. Um, I am an only child of two aging, fabulous parents, and they live in a different state. And uh, with everything going on with this thing, you may have heard of it called COVID. I haven't been able to see my parents in a really long time other than here on Zoom, right? So uh, I've seen a lot of video of my parents, not a lot of actual hug time, but I got to go home. My husband and I and our dog went home for the holidays this year for the first time in, in two years. And it was so, so beautiful. But the goosebumps happened when we were just down in their little basement family room watching TV. And I looked over, my husband and I were sharing a show that we really love with them. And I looked over and my mom and dad were just like holding hands and in the show. And it was all four of us. And in that moment, I just thought, this is 
this is family, right? This is home. The four of us are all together. We're all lucky enough to be in good health and we're experiencing just a normal everyday moment together. And that for me was just, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. I have goosebumps all over my legs. Um, Me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is why I love this question so much. And it's uh, my audience loves this question also so much because it's uh, it really... Uh, brings us this awareness, this memories, and we can easily share it with each other. So thank you, Annie, for this beautiful Goosebumps moment. Uh, thank you for our lovely conversation. And it was a pleasure talking to you and appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you so much for the space and for this beautiful morning. I've had a blast being with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.